Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shatter the Glass. I'm your host, Zane Tomich. And I got with me today, Brennan Huber again. How you doing, Brem? I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. It's good to have you on. You know, I, I feel like we always uh, break new ground when we're talking together and, and really providing some, some interesting insight, or at least having a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a good conversation. It's, it's, uh, there's no, we don't, we don't miss words. We don't, we, we just sort of get to the point of things, don't we? We do. And I'm glad you brought me the cheddar popcorn as per usual. I know we, that was kind of a thing on your podcast there. And yeah, ever since you mentioned it on my podcast, you're like this, you had a mouthful of it and you're like, this, this cheddar popcorn is really good too. (laughs) That was the exact line. Had a chewing motion to it. Yeah. Really emphasize the chewing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah no. i apologize my dog's featuring in your your shot right now but that's what makes the show in my opinion yeah love it Ooh, yeah. let's have some spice to it i think i have a cough coming up i, <coughs> I apologize <laughs> i love spice it, i should have mentioned it is a jalapeno cheddar oh that's okay i love the jalapeno uh taste to it it's good deepens the voice you know it sure does <laughs> it's kind of a special day because obviously it's our annual content day like we're recording this at your house today Bram, i got this in my notes here it says to talk about this in some capacity the po the purchase order number i'm assuming <laughs> and all this other mumbo jumbo can you kind of enlighten me on that that was several weeks ago <laughs> sure yeah i mean when i go to a job i usually pull up my notes on my phone and type as fast as i can as the client's listing it all out for me because every single place i go to is so vastly different from the other so they're usually just like they assume i know everything when i get there and they're like yeah you know it's this po and this uh, blah, 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 you know, F1275897, whatever. And that's what happened that day. I accidentally opened the Pan Pavish podcast notes, the one that you and I have joined together. We're connected through, you can connect people's notes and phones now, which is cool. And you usually, you know, send me that so that I can be involved in the prep for the podcast. And that day I opened that specific folder and typed out this giant PO and... Yeah, that's all that was. That was just me typing out the quantity and PO of what I needed to do that day at that specific task at Mighty Titan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to navigate uh, the, the workforce landscape sometimes because you got different personnel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cheddar got, popcorn. I think the same thing happened. Got, yeah. a, a kernel got in there. <laughs> the same thing happened on your podcast. Um, but <laughs> yeah, when you're working sometimes, you got to navigate the terrain, right? And people look at you differently you know they either think you know what you're doing or they think that you don't so you just gotta you just gotta navigate it it's, it's like it's like a tidal wave or or it's like a nice calm water it's no in between <laughs> yeah yeah so you got the full force of my <laughs> anxious typing <laughs> that day so i apologize and we don't have to talk about it on your podcast but it's in your notes and you did talk about it so i respect that no it's okay i got i'm glad i'm glad that we got some clarity that finally it's it's good to know yeah you can move on with your life now <laughs> <laughs> but uh brem i just wanted to ask you i know you've been living as a homeowner for a long time now can you just tell me because you know that i moved into my new place what's it like in your opinion to move from somewhere that you're comfortable with to somewhere completely new. I, in my opinion, I think the underrated hero is your own bed. Because if you take your bed with you, it eases the transition. What What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's literally any slices of home that you can bring with you make it feel like home. And that's really the only thing that made me feel like home was bringing stuff from my parents' house and just having it with me, you know? And... uh eventually it just becomes your new stuff becomes your stuff and that's like I'm in that stage now so I've like kind of lived in my house for a couple of years now so like some of the furniture and stuff it becomes homey like you really like I could not not imagine my house without the couch that we're sitting on right now like things like that like it's it's weird how it how it changes but to answer your question it's you know all I did was bring stuff with me Hmm. to help it feel like home that's cool (laughs) I I recently did like this anagram test i'm sure andy would know about it it's like it, it kind sure of it, it describes your personality to a t mm, interesting and uh i answered a bunch of questions standard things kind of to understand who you are better so that the thing can generate yeah and i placed number three and that's called the achiever so that's like somebody who likes to entertain people and also um 
has a trouble with change. Like they're very familiar with stuff. Okay. You know, and you feel comfortable with the way things are rather than completely uprooting things according to your style of life. So okay. that kind of resonates with me. And I know that I take that with me wherever I go, especially moving into a new place. I have some things scattered about that are like as old as me, like 20 plus years old yeah. from like when I was a kid or something, like some kind of some kind of device, some kind of uh, like plant, like not, not like a real live plant, but like a ficus that's like fake or something. Yeah. Yeah, I use that term so much, and anybody who knows me hates that term probably because I say that word so much. But it's a fun word to say. <laughs> ficus. <laughs> a ficus. Yeah, it is funny. But isn't there like a sense of comfort, though, to know that there's like nostalgic things all around you? I guess according to your personality. I, I don't I don't know about you. I, I know you definitely like familiarity, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, all about it. <laughs> like, I, I like change to some degree, but too much for me is overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm and I'm... I would even say like a little bit of change sometimes is overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. It just is. I, I like consistency. I like to know what things are and what I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess it's okay to sprinkle a little bit of old and new just to help ease transitions. Like mm -hmm. I have my PlayStation, you know, as like a form of, of, of therapy, you know? It's just a mindless thing that I can do to just to just kind of take my mind off of things and just, just, just relax, calm down. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's, it's good to have that around at least. It's good for stimulation. It can help stimulate your senses, as the five gum commercial would say. I was just about to say that was from an old commercial, wasn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but why do you think we have that attachment sometimes? Like something as sentimental as that old clock on your wall there, for example. <laughs> like so let's say that was like a, an, a relic from your past or something you've just had forever. It's quite obvious why we hold on to things. But in your opinion, why are we so attached to things? Why is it so hard to let go of something, whether it's even a person or just things in our life? I think it's hard to let go because you spend so much time with something, doing something, using something, that it becomes like not just comfort, but routine. And for me, like if I use, you know, like my my laptop let's say or even a stuffed animal or a pillow or something you know like I have this blanket that my grandma stitched for me when I was like however old like some things are sentimental too right and that's the other side of it is like what makes something sentimental to you and that's like my ps4 that is the number one thing that I've brought with me from my parents house that like keeps me grounded and keeps me like, it like resets me in a way. You spoke about, you know, sitting down to game and that's a bit of a comfort or something, you know, like just turning that thing on. But that's like the least sentimental thing possible. For me, it's, it's either sentimental or it's just something that I hold of value that I've had for a long period of time. That's why we grow so attached to things is you, you learn to value them. You know, mm -hmm. that's an interesting point too. Cause I, uh, I had my sister over yesterday. We went out for a couple of drinks and happy hour for, uh, at OJ's in oh, the yeah. Duke. We came back and, and, uh, you know, my place is still very new, so there's not a lot of things in there. It's a lot of empty space in, in some cases, so we couldn't figure out what to do, but we both ended up looking at the, the white device in the corner by my TV there. Are we? that literally I've had since since that high. Mm -hmm. And my sister played Wii with me when we were kids. So for like the first time in like 10 plus years, we, we played Mario Kart together. Oh yeah. And she, she, I was astonished that she even wanted to do that because like she's not a big gamer, but it's one of those things that her and I shared as kids that we did together. Yeah. And it just kind of brought some, some of that comfort and that, uh, that fun back. Yeah, you know, sure. and it's really actually special to share things with people sometimes like that. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely it is. <laughs> like I couldn't agree more with that. Mm -hmm. Just something know? as simple as that, a, a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you um end up getting COVID, Brem, in the last two years at all? I have not. I didn't get it. Um, I know of people who have, mm -hmm. but I I never got it myself. No. I, I had it last month, as you know, and mm -hmm. the worst thing for me was losing my smell. I have heard that. Because the weird part about that sickness is 
you know how when you have a cold, eventually it it comes back as you blow more. <laughs> you know, you, you clear your sinuses and like maybe it comes back within like a day or two, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, it kind of freaked me out a little bit when I had no taste and smell, but I wasn't congested anymore. It was just, it was like how I feel right now, essentially, feel hmm. normal. Yeah. But just no taste and smell. That's really weird. Freaked me out. It's like, and I, I never not took my taste and smell for granted until that point really it's all back now oh i'm 100 percent good everything's fine i just wanted to bring that up because like i didn't know if you had gone through it or not but it was definitely like a weird experience but i can, uh, I can relate to not having taste or smell like when i had the nasal polyps mm -hmm. same thing no no taste or smell and it is a weird feeling but it would feel weird to like not feel the congestion but still feel the effects of like not tasting smelling that would be a little bit worrisome had it not been part of the symptoms list you know like <laughs> at I least do, you knew i do recommend though if you're in that stage it's like eat lots of rice and mashed potatoes because and then put just a lot of salt on there that yeah was a, that was a really like wrong motion i made there i'm not gonna make that motion again <laughs> i didn't even see it i was <laughs> oh man anyways um yeah you just sprinkle a bunch of salt on like these kind of chewy foods and mm -hmm that kind of helps get through that stage because it, it's it's tough when you can't taste anything yeah your morale goes down your mental health goes down can't even enjoy like one of the most simple joys out there food <laughs> yeah interesting it would just be all texture yeah just texture <laughs> oh, weird i don't know if i can do it that would... but some people have actually complained of having like weird tastes like they could try a, some type of food and it would actually taste metallic-y or something like that hmm. like their chase like their their taste palette would actually change i've heard of that actually. With, with having covid it's like oh wow that's kind of weird yeah like at least the effects sort of like have worn off for you you mm -hmm. know like what what if you just could never taste food again like i don't know or like you did taste metallic like i would hate that if you tasted something that you normally would like but then all of a sudden it's tasting almost vulgar mm-hmm <laughs> yeah it's a weird, weird virus man i'm glad we're kind of like learning to just live with it now because that's what we should be doing but i mean it's just one of those things that you got it you got to deal with it you know what i mean yeah we're over the we're over the hump it feels like doesn't it yeah in that sense in that regard for sure mm -hmm. um yeah yeah no 100 percent. but yeah no brem I, like just just shifting back to like our earlier conversation with nostalgia and memories and stuff like that do you remember back in those days you know, being at your parents' house, like when we're kids and stuff, and we're playing things like mini sticks, MLB, the show, you got Ryan Howard on the front cover, because he had like, what, 50 home runs one year? Is that why he was on the yeah, cover? Yeah, he, he had a 50 home run season in 2007, 2008 there, and he mm -hmm. was on the cover. Yeah. You know, watching Superbad, I think that kind of like mirrored and emulated our high school experience to some degree, you know? Oh, yeah. Sneaking out and whatnot, going to parties and everything. Like, it was, it was fun. It was a good time, and... Uh, you know, those are some of the best memories I have sleeping over at your house and just doing all the fun things that kids do. These are like nostalgic relics, uh, nostalgic relics of our past. And, you know, having that connection has influenced our relationship, I would say, in a lot of ways. That's kind of helped us, you know, reinforce that connection we have and be be friends to this day. You know, you know how some friendships sort of kind of burn out but mm -hmm. you know i'm proud to say like we're probably gonna be friends forever i wouldn't say probably we are but like <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what i mean like at this point if it hasn't worn off i don't think it's gonna go anywhere you, you know, know one like, of these days you're gonna get sick of me and i'm scared yeah like just all of a sudden shut you out i couldn't imagine i think that the nostalgic thing that you're talking about like nostalgia builds a tighter bond in friendship right like anything that you've shared that's nostalgic together and we've shared a lot, in my opinion. Like, even after high school, like, the nostalgic days of watching uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and, like, that era of time, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, going to movies all the time every weekend. Like, just had, like, tons of free time as well. You know, living at our parents' place. And just that those really early stages of uh, of after high school life. Like, those were good times, too, you know? And it's kind of cool that we've been able to navigate, but still keep the nostalgia present. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it really calls to living in the moment 
And I was thinking that today when I did my annual routine, waking up really early on like a Saturday morning after a long week, I get in my car and I go get my coffee mm-hmm. and I go for a drive and I just listen to my playlist that I have in my, in my car programmed. And I just kind of reflect on the last week and I reflect on the future and all, all kinds of different things when I'm just sitting there driving and listening to music, sipping on coffee. And, and one thing that I really notice, especially now, today I was thinking about just how happy and comfortable I am in this particular moment in my life. I got lots of friends, a very loving family, a good career, good health. Like things are just at, a, at its best right now. Mm-hmm. Everything can be better always. There's, there's no such thing as the best it's going to be. There's always better. But right now, I'm definitely content. Yeah. And it had me thinking, okay, you see how how you can kind of meditate on your happiness mm-hmm. for a very brief period of time, though. And you compare that to when you're at your lowest point. You're at rock bottom. You're at sadness and, and, and perhaps anger or fear. All those really intense feelings associated with things like depression, anxiety. You notice how there's a human tendency to really become obsessed with that. Not by choice. Like That's just a legitimate issue that many of us have. And, and it ruminates. And you focus on that. It feels easy to think about that because your body is so overwhelmed by that. Mm-hmm. But when you're happy, and even if you're overwhelmed with happiness, that feels much more brief than what feels like the long-term feeling of sadness that a lot of people struggle to shake off. Isn't that an interesting parallel? It is very interesting. Interesting when you bring it up like that, like that we do dwell on the sadness, but not, we don't like dwell on the happiness. It's, it's almost like happiness is like, it's like a quick fix. You feel it briefly and then you move on because something sad comes your way around the corner or you get distracted by something else. So you forget about the happiness. Yeah. That is interesting. Very interesting parallel. Something I certainly don't think about. It's something to be aware of because you have to remember the good days. You have to. And and you have to try to kind of almost muscle memory it to go back to that feeling of happiness. Because sometimes it feels like it's harder to be happy and easier to be sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I I commend you, by the way. You, You mentioned that you... You go for a drive on a Saturday and you just you reflect on your week. That seems like such a healthy, healthy practice. Because oftentimes, I'll come home from a long week and I will let that week get to me, you know? And I often don't have the time. Like, I don't reset. I don't set aside time to reset. And that's sometimes part of my problem. So to hear, like, you know, you go and you reflect on maybe a busy stressful week that's a really really good practice that's like that's awesome and that's something that i would like to do going forward myself like find a way to reflect on my week you know whether that be talking to friends family you know my fiance whatever that's that's what we need to do i think in order to experience levels of happiness that we could dwell on a little bit longer, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you if you remove the sort of the built up work week stress, if you remove it by dealing with it, coping with it in that moment, you might allow yourself to have that extra free space for the happy times. Absolutely. And I think as humans, we get too attached to our feelings. So that creates the ability to feel those feelings longer rather than being at a point as a kid, for example, where you live in the moment always. At least I did. If you're sad, you're sad briefly. If you're angry, you're angry briefly. If you're happy, you're usually like pretty happy when you're a kid because there's a lot of happiness around you. I know some people have different experiences and that's unfortunate, but there's a lot of happiness in childhood, at least in mine. Yeah, but a lot of these things are just it's just brief and and it's roller coastery. It is but for it's, sure. But it's brief because you're not um, so attached to the feeling of it. You you just you just sift through it like a, like you're looking through hockey cards. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I think 
as you get older, you need to kind of train yourself to be a little more present in the moment so that you don't attach yourself too much to those feelings and allow yourself to be more attached to happiness. I like that a lot. So yeah, Brennan, just on the, the topic of coping mechanisms, you told me once that breathing has really helped you reset and retool and kind of be ready to, to go on to the next thing. And I couldn't agree with you more because <laughs> as weird as this sounds, breathing's kind of underrated. Like we're not really focused on breathing because we do it so much. It's a, it's a mindless thing we do, but <sighs> deep breaths, really focusing and channeling your breathing, it can really help you kind of decompress and de-stress, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Like consciously practicing the deep breath but the breath, the breath that goes all the way down, you know what I'm talking about? And like to the point where you're actually, you know, you take that deep of a breath and you just hold it there and then release until you've got nothing left in the tank and then hold it there and then do it again. I never feel better than after three legitimate deep breaths. Do you find that... <clears throat> Another one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Do you find that you do that in all situations, whether you're maybe feeling anxious or you're tired and you need to just kind of like catch your breath, like like what are the most appropriate times to do it? Pretty much all times, hey? Yeah, anytime you feel, you're feeling yourself losing some form of control, whether that is being tired or whether that is being stressed or just overwhelmed by the day in general. Like I drive so much. I drive all the time for work. And you know what the roads are like out there. You know what the... The common Alberta driver is like, and it's it's just, it gets overwhelming and it gets stressful. So oftentimes at a red light or when I'm parked, I'll throw on my sunglasses and I'll close my eyes. Not at a red light, but when I'm parked, I'll close my eyes. <laughs> close your eyes, shut off the ignition and just sit there at the red light. Yeah, open the windows <laughs> and just sit there. And then when they honk at me, I know to go back to real life. <laughs> no, but when I park, I will take three deep breaths and just it it changes how my how my insides are feeling. You know, like I I you know what anxiety is like, like how you get that sort of like feeling in your in your stomach, or it's like heavy kind of like heavy in your chest. Mine kind of it starts in my chest and then it works its way down. And when I feel that happening, that's when I know I need to take some take some time yeah it's also one of the hardest things to do i think especially if you use it as a form of distraction because i think it works really well when you want to distract yourself if your brain's racing yeah. and you just want to calm down actually focusing on every breath you take is really helpful to, to to focus it's hard when you don't do it often it's almost impossible actually when you're sitting there because you, you can't sit still yeah but it, I think it's a good exercise to kind of help train your brain to just calm itself a bit more when you're focusing on every breath, like a Mississippi or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a rhythm to it, right? Like even yeah. think about running, how it's like they used to teach us. I don't know if you were taught the same in elementary, but like in track or cross country, you ran that stuff, didn't you? Yep. They, they taught you like two breaths in, two breaths out, right? Like as you're running, like it's... As you're, you know? Yeah. And even that is like, when you're doing that and you get the runner's high, when you just kind of like, you forget that you're running, but it's like actually you're breathing and you're just, your your cycle's working and you know it's working. That's the best feeling. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like too when you're working out or something and blood rushes to your head or you just, you didn't stretch or you just didn't prepare enough. And a lot of the times it feels like you just had a lack of oxygen essentially. And you almost feel lightheaded. Yeah. You ever felt lightheaded when you were in the gym or something and you, you just didn't prep enough, you know, and and you just feel like you're going to faint? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it happens. Breathing, breathing contributes to that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's how people go unconscious, right? When you know, don't have any more breath or when the air doesn't come to your brain or whatever, that's when you go unconscious. So it makes sense, <laughs> you know, like, well, like when you're doing push-ups, you know, or you're, you're lifting weights, you know? Like, like with you got to kind of breathe in motion with how you're lifting. Do you ever see stars? <laughs> Have you ever seen stars? Uh, more so bright colors. Bright colors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, like if if we're taking that deep breath and then not breathing, you're just forcing, you know, the mm -hmm. the rep or whatever, and that's where the blood can rush to your brain and or your head, and then you're 
seeing stars, mm-hmm. as they say, or colors or whatever. What do you think about like chiropractor work? Have you, have you ever heard about stuff like that? Oh yeah, I've heard weird things about how it can kind of mess with your nerves if you, if you do. I've heard good and bad, like people feel better, but like I feel like some people have told me just like some of the the negative side effects to it sometimes. I mean, listen, I I'm gonna tell you this story, like, and it's really brief. In high school. I went to a chiropractor with my girlfriend at the time and she was getting her neck done and I was there witnessing this and this guy grabs her neck and twists it and I hear the crack. That's all I needed to see. I'm like, I'm not stepping. No, no, it's not for me. I know that there's people out there that like, and it will work and it does work. And chiropractors are a very, uh, great practitioner they're great for people depending on the situation but i'll never go and just based on that experience alone yeah i'm not trying to stir the pot here because obviously they're they're trained people and and they they go to school for it and and they know what they're doing it's just i've just heard different sides of the coin i think about doing that myself sometimes because you know how it feels when your spine or your neck kind of feels a lot of tension you know and when you when you get that motion that jerking motion done, whatever they do, it kind of releases the tension, at least in the moment. So I'm genuinely curious. For sure. And maybe one day I will be at that place where like I need, you know, weekly relief or monthly relief. And that's something that doesn't naturally happen anymore. You know, that's a reality. That's something that you got to think about, right? Like one day you might need these services. Yeah. And you might need to trust in these masseuses, these chiropractors, these... That's one of the most interesting yet frightening things that I ever think about is what am I going to need in the future? Like, who's going to care for me? What, what am I going to need to do? You know, like, and that's, that's a realistic thing. It's not something that I think about every day. Cause as you say, we got to live in the moment, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. We're living in the moment. And I love that. And, but I mean, that's also like really nice, like on a card and stuff, like in the, in the whole grand scheme of things, it sounds nice. Yeah. But you really do sometimes have to decide what you want. You know, if you want to live the bachelor's life, like that's fine. You know, you're not going to ever be tied down. You're going to you're going to do what you want, when you want, how you want. And there's there's no problem with that. Like it's what you want. Yep. You know, I, I personally, my, my my vision one day and I've, I've en- envied my grandparents because of this, because they did it so perfectly it, I, in my eyes, of course, but obviously they come from a different time. So like you know, money was scarce, you know, like there was hard times as I'm sure likewise with your side of the family, same thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Kind of come from humble blue collar beginnings. Mm-hmm. But at the end of their life, they were surrounded by like six plus children of their own and their grandchildren just drifting off into the twilight. Yeah. That's kind of what I want when it's over. I, I want to be surrounded by my loved ones and family. But it takes work to get there, you know? Like, if you're going to have lots of kids, like, and in the times that we're living in, you need money. <laughs> yes, you do. And that's actually a sad realization, isn't it? That It is, yeah. You know, it goes from money's, money is scarce to money is everything, and nobody has it, but yet everyone has it. It's, it's just finances and money, if it didn't exist... It would be very interesting to see what we would all become. Well, the, the, the idea of currency always existed. It's just the meaning of it has changed over the years, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, right? Back, there was a simple time back in the long days where it was just literally currency was bartering. Here, I'll give you this for that, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's as simple as that. I'm not saying we should go back to that, but I'm just <laughs> saying like it's changed over time, right? And it's interesting to see how that evolves, right? Yes, it, it really is. And I think that, f- like, if we're talking about, you know, having a full life with a full sort of family being there at the end, or, you know, like, the, you, call it a twi- you called it a twilight moment, or like going into the twilight, that's an achievement. That's a life achievement, a lifelong goal, right? Mm-hmm. And that can happen at any stage in your life, too. Yeah. So I like the philosophy that you're preaching. I like the insight that you're delivering in the sense that you're saying, live in the moment now and enjoy it for what it is, but be weary of 
what the future could hold, right? And what, what do you want? Do you want to be the bachelor? Do you want to have the multiple family members? I just like concepts. I like ideas. I like thinking about all of that. And some people don't, you know? That's it's, okay too, though. It is. <laughs> I guess totally I guess okay. everything is okay. <laughs> everything <laughs> is and will be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bram, uh, this is a good time to transition here. I-, I wanted to ask you specifically today. Um, you know, you, I would I would say like you, like you're a lucky guy. Like you're bright, you're a bright individual, but you you also had a really good situation. You know, you 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 graduated high school. As soon as you graduated, you found a awesome company. Mm-hmm. And you've been there ever since. And and you've you've rose in the ranks, you've went to school to get your tickets, you you've you've progressed into the next level of your of your your craft. And you're at a comfortable stage in your life now. You know, you got a house, you got a fiance, you got two awesome dogs, you got two vehicles, like like you've you've built yourself up and I'm proud of you for that. Great job. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Can you just enlighten the audience? Like what what does it take to get to that comfortable stage? I know you got to work hard, but what else is there? Is there a missing ingredient? I know personally, I went to, to university myself, but um, there's multiple paths, isn't there? Oh yeah, I mean I listen. A lot of times when we're in school, what do they preach to us? They preach that you need to do more school, right? Mm-hmm. And there is some truth to that. If you want to better yourself and you want to have the sort of the certificates the the things that you require for certain fields of work you get your education so that you can do that I understood what everybody preached I wasn't that guy I I didn't have the the book smarts you know I didn't uh didn't comprehend the same way but what I will say is you have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable is what I would say. Because that's the biggest part of what happened in my journey is I took a a leap into a career that I had no idea if it would work or not. And yeah, it worked out. Like the people who I work for are very good people and they take care of you. That's the lucky part of it is that I was number one, found, and number two, given a chance. But it's what you do with that chance, right? And I still went to school, but it was like, two weeks, two weeks course, and then an exam at Nate. Yeah, the exam is sometimes a day long. It's two days long where you're doing these practical things. You're inspecting these pieces. It's stressful. That's what I'm talking about when I say you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. A certificate doesn't define you, but it's what got you to the certificate that defines you in a, in a workplace. In, in my scenario... I basically, I, you, you say I worked my way up, which I did. But through that, I was quite uncomfortable at times. But if you work through, you know, the uncomfortable stress of studying for two weeks at a time, or you work through that annoying client that you just have to go see over and over again until the end of time, it feels like, you still got to do it. You still got to leave the door in the morning and you still come home. My dad always says to me, he's like, you got to leave it at the door when you get home. You shut that door, workday stays out there and you don't bring that shit home. That's what he says to me. And that's the best advice I could have ever received because it's something that I'm still working on because I do take my work home with me. It stresses me the hell out. And a lot of the clients piss me off and you know what the oil feels like, right? zero communication it's not all sunshine and roses but I'm comfortable now being uncomfortable in certain situations and it's led to a comfortable lifestyle and I close that door at the end of the day in my house with my family and that's it stays out there that's a really good point and I didn't even think about that that's um that's really wise to separate work from personal. And I think uh, too often, and I, I, I can blame myself for this too. Like, I think we all can, like, we, we take that home. We do. Hard not I to. I think we all have, right? Yeah. But we don't understand the actual impact that has, you know, 
you you have to be able to just shut off and reprogram. Yeah. And you know, tomorrow's a new day, but work isn't everything. It is. Like yeah. it it is everything, but it's also not. Like you need to you just have to have a balance essentially. A healthy balance. Healthy balance. And if you can find that healthy balance and it doesn't come overnight, you know. <laughs> A lot of nights where I went home and I ended up sleepless because, you know, you just had a bad day or whatever the case is. But you move forward. You move forward. You look to the future while learning from those past experiences and that uncomfortability. And eventually it does get more comfortable. And you do start to get the hang of things. Like most of the stuff that I've learned over the course of my now eight-year career with this company, this is my eighth year with them, you just learn something new every day (laughs) and if you never shut it off if you never say okay i i've learned everything i know it all now you know Mm -hmm. you're forever learning and i think that's the message that they should teach us in high school is hey it doesn't stop here you're gonna learn for the rest of your life but what you decide to learn is up to you entirely up to you totally and i feel like this this the school system kind of like gives you tools that they think will prepare you but at the end of the day you're the explorer you make the discovery yeah along the way you know and even with university like i i I got the basics but when you go into the job after the fact it's totally a 180 it's not what you expect usually and and you have to adapt and in a lot of ways it's better that that environment to me personally is better learning on the job no i agree it's the best way to learn hands-on you're doing what your company is like asking of you that's what you need to know that's what you need to actually know is how to do the job that you're tasked with not getting the paperwork to certify you while that is important I would say equally as important because you do need the theory behind things. And I know I'm the guy who always goes, what do I need to know this for? What do I need to know that for when I'm in the schooling? And it's true. (laughs) Like I don't need to know it. I wholeheartedly agree. Like it should not define you, the piece of paper. I I know like like most places like look at that paper, like as a qualification, like, and there is some respectability to be had there, you know, uh, an educated man or a woman, you know, like like there's, there's that level of, of hierarchy and respect that you have for some people that, that just, you know, they have the education essentially. And you have the education. We all have the education. We do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, it just shouldn't, doesn't have to like prove our worth in my opinion. It's not so black and white. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Mm Mm-hmm. There are other avenues. There are other things you can do. You could be very successful in today's world or be a middle-class success. Whatever the case is, you can you can do those things with or without university, with or without education. Mm-hmm. Education helps a lot. That's what I'll say, though. It sure does. <laughs> There's no debate on that. But um, even with the career that you have, I still think it's important because I, I know you do this. You have lots of interests. You do side things. You have projects. You're into music. You're into uh, writing your blog. You know, you do your podcast. Yeah. It's really important, I think, as well, depending on what you're into, to to indulge in those things. Feed your soul in whatever way possible. You know, even if it's as simple as just watching a television show. Yeah. Extracurricular activities, right? Mm-hmm. We have them as kids. Why can't we have them as adults? Mm-hmm. We should have those hobbies. It keeps your brain young. You talk about like the physical aspect of getting old. Think about your brain. You need to keep your brain going. And like some people, it's genetics. But I fear Alzheimer's. I fear those brain diseases, man. I'm keeping my brain as active as possible for as long as possible. That's my plan. I've noticed too, like with school being complete, like that's when I feel like your brain's working a lot. Is in, is in like a like an educational environment mm-hmm. and then when you're done you're not really ch- challenging your brain as often anymore no which i think is what obviously stimulates the growth in your brain yeah and that's a problem sometimes progressing into life is we don't challenge our brains enough anymore 
yeah it's, it's like it's like having a workout for your brain you 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 work out your physical body but you got to work out your mental health too you got to work it <laughs> yeah you do you do and i like that not only do we do we have hangouts with our friends and stuff but we we attempt to have somewhat intellectual conversations each time mm-hmm. even if it is about you know the fantasy behind a movie or you know something that had happened in our group chat this week or something you know like we still attempt to have these conversations that you and I are having right now and that's what's going to help us continue to grow our brain growth the the stimulation you said <laughs> there's there's reality around us there's like we're in reality right now like I guess yeah like physically but but I feel like you and I mentally are in a different world right now we're in this podcast this is our world but outside of that is reality yeah but absolutely but to me that's what i love about it that's that's the escape that's the soul feeding nature that you and i feed off of yeah it's good to have an escape into a new world oh yeah that's what keeps you young that's what keeps you vibrant and that's what's important i think as you get older is to maintain that absolutely that this this is something I look forward to every time. <laughs> like I truly do. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I don't plan on stopping anytime soon, you know? Like this is it's healthy. It feeds the soul, like you said. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I get the same feeling even if we're just you and I talking off the air. You know, you have to just enjoy someone's company. Mm-hmm. That's underrated. It is underrated. Enjoying company is, you know, company can sometimes be overwhelming too but when you're in in company that you enjoy it's just effortless Mm -hmm. right and that's that's the only way i would put the that's that's the only way i would classify our hangouts is effortless or it feels i mean there's effort that's put into this obviously like my brain is like smoking right now (laughs) like there's a little (laughs) there's a little bit of smoke coming out of the top of my head but no that's what i'm saying it's effortless content when you say people that you're comfortable with and it's effortless i totally agree but when i also think too of people that's harder with i think you're taking on a lot you're you're putting pressure on yourself because you in a lot of ways and when i say you i mean us i mean like everybody yep um you put the pressure on yourself because you want to either impress that person too much or you're you're trying to present this flawless version of yourself so that you can eventually get to that moment where you're comfortable with them but you have to impress them first but it should never be like that it should always be authenticity first yeah always yeah just present what you have to offer if people don't like it then somebody out there will and that's something i'm working on myself like even when i do my podcast especially at the beginning i came from broadcasting school right so there's the tendency for me to want to have my radio voice on at all times. Yeah. And even in the beginning of our podcasts, I think the hardest part of a conversation is getting it going. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to have something to at least hook someone into a conversation, no matter what it is. If you don't have that hook, you're literally starting with, Hey, how's it going? Good. You good. How's work? Good. You know, like this, this, the, the standard generic conversation starter, but you know, there's gotta be something that pulls you two together. You have to be aware of it. Yeah. Communication is effort. It does. It takes a lot of effort to communicate and to communicate openly mm-hmm. about what you're actually feeling. You know, like that takes a lot of effort. That takes more effort than just communicating with somebody. And just being real. I, I, I don't like fakery, but like you have to separate professionalism and authenticity and you, you just need to kind of combine the two in a way that's relatable. So people can be like, ah, okay, I, I like that. I, 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 I can relate to that. That sounds good. If you sound too artificial, you know, that's why I don't like artificial intelligence to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. like I like technology and the way it's progressing, but I don't want things to get too fake. You know, there's certain things that need to just have always the human element, no matter what. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Without the human element, it becomes imperfect. Or I should say perfect, right? And perfection is not something I throw around uh, when I'm using human beings in the same sentence we just we don't mesh with perfection that's not what we are we're not perfect we're imperfect in every way but that's what makes our life and our connection so much more 
meaningful and beautiful and beautiful that's so underrated (laughs) the inevitable doom is actually beautiful yeah you know what i mean yeah exactly like we all meet the same end and that's i i truly that's poetic i love that um but yeah i i really don't have much more to say on that besides what i just told you like i'm I'm, i think we put a bow tie on that one absolutely but it's a good lead off into our next our next segment here you know yeah uh, I, I will bleep out the, uh, the the phrase I used to describe this, but the the F years, as I as I called it, uh, off the air with you, I would say, roughly age eighteen to twenty three. Yep. Maybe even twenty four. We'll throw in there. Sure. Those are those are weird years, wouldn't you say? Like they they are weird. Like you, you have no clue what you want to do. You have no clue who you are. You know. I speak it. Because I experienced it. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. How do you explain those years? How do you explain that period of, of, at the time, it doesn't feel like growth, but it actually is. How do you, how do you navigate that? What kind of advice do you give to somebody who's in that age right now? And they're feeling those same kind of confusing feelings of, you know, they could have changed career paths. You know, I know I did. I went from broadcasting school to firefighting Mm -hmm. to communications in a span of 18 to 23 so it's yeah. just and, and and you feel lost you don't you have no clue where you're gonna be no that's that's super fair and that's so true you don't and some people do i you know some people figure it out and that's totally fair too there's nothing wrong with figuring out during that age but i would agree that the vast majority 18 to 23 you are in a growth period but like you said, you're not aware of that growth while you're doing it, right? Did I say or do things when I was 18 to 23 that I'm not now? That I don't condone now? That I don't feel now? Like, yeah, of course, right? But at that age, you are in a very vulnerable stage in your life because you're making big decisions at a young age. You know, you're going to school for things that could literally decide the rest of your life. Is that a choice that an 18-year-old should be making? Hey, who am I to, who am I to say, you know? Like, my advice would be, in those years, be conscious of how your life is making you feel. Be conscious of how your decisions are making you feel. Don't be ignorant to how those feelings are because that's that's the big thing with me is during that time, maybe I you know, fell into a career that ended up being what I still do now and I enjoy it somewhat, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, <clears throat> I was ignorant to how I was feeling about certain things during those times. And if you can just bring those feelings to light and address them and sort of like pull it all together. I think that as a person of that age, you're going to find what you want to do with your life in that time or you're not. And that's okay. You can literally choose what you want to do at any stage in your life. There are people who start over at 40, at 50. The point is, is there's no, there's, there's a starting line and a finish line and whatever you do in that long period of time in that lifetime that's up to you it's entirely up to you yeah well said i mean i find that you put a lot of unnecessary pressure on yourself you expect to have all the answers when you have none you don't have to have them and you even sometimes i got too ambitious sometimes I think about some of the people who are self-sufficient, have their own business, and I admire those people. That's what I would like to be like, mm-hmm. where you know you don't necessarily have to, um, you know, worry about the next paycheck tomorrow because you're good with side side things that you've built, right? You got the financial freedom. Essentially, is is probably the best term to describe that. Yeah. But there's a time, like say you're going through through college, like I did in in, in broadcasting. And you think, well, there's a certain way to get to the top. 
like and that's paying homage exactly to um how people before us did that you know you got to go from radio station to radio station tv station to tv station work your way to the top work through the grime work through the garbage to yeah. get there and that's respectful like that's that's just kind of like a law of of life that's kind of always been like the unwritten rule to success when it comes to like traditional um avenues traditional occupations sometimes when you're young though you think you do have it figured out when you don't and and you, you want to go off on your own and try to do it all on your own and it doesn't always work out that way it, it's altered my path in a great way yeah but you look back on it and I guess my advice to you know from 10 years ago would be don't put that pressure on yourself. Just kind of ride the wave and just go with the flow with wherever it takes you and just take something from it. Learn something from every experience because you've got to keep learning. You have to keep um, throwing yourself in experiences. And like you said earlier, making yourself uncomfortable. You kind of have to be uncomfortable yeah. to become comfortable. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? You learn and, and muscle memory and it becomes something special eventually and you feel at a really content point like we, you and I still have a lot of life ahead, but we're both at pretty comfortable stages where we kind of at least understand a lot of things. It's almost like we had closure. We both had our closure from like our younger years. And now we're kind of moving on into a more advanced stage, not like from an old perspective, but like from just a perspective of understanding things better, having a, a, a broader perspective on things. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. And <laughs> The, the idea of learning a lesson from every experience is really cool, too. I like that a lot. Exactly. Yeah, Brian, this has been a really awesome conversation so far. I feel like we always break new ground when we're talking. And I like talking from a position of, of, of firsthand experience because, like, we're not just spewing nonsense here. Like, like, we're talking about our experiences and just relaying it so that it can be relatable in a way that someone can take some kind of value out of it. So... Happy to happy to share that with you. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure sharing this with you. Yeah, Bram, just to close off this show today, I just wanted to get through one segment with you here at the end. Um, we've been watching the NHL playoffs pretty closely. And we, we mentioned the, the Game 7 happening tonight or earlier, but um, have you been noticing like in the, the Sportsnet commercials? There's a lot of betting commercials <laughs> like they got Wayne Gretzky Austin Matthews and Matthew Barnaby all yeah. doing like different betting commercials what are your thoughts on that <laughs> it's a strange thing to promote <laughs> you know even Sportsnet has their own separate betting thing now like they advertise on their show like betting odds it's dangerous I mean the people who watch like that that's there that's the ideal crowd for betting sites right so the fact that it's regulated by the nhl to have that you know to have like a, a face like wayne gretzky being like mgm brand you know like bet here if you want to be like if you're if you want to be the best or whatever you know it's like yeah it's, it's kind of a weird thing to promote especially if you're such a prominent figure like wayne gretzky you know, and yeah, you're right. It, it is regulated, so it's not like it's like this illegal thing. But it, 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 some people have a legitimate problem with it, and to just kind of flaunt it like it's this no big deal kind of thing, it's it's, it's a little weird. I will say, like it's a little weird. I I agree. I, is it? It you know, it's it's not in good taste, in my opinion. My my official opinion on it is that I just don't think it belongs on the tv show like we can live without that like i didn't mind it when it would be like a commercial break and it would be like you know they'd give you a website or whatever during the commercial break but now it's like there's a commercial break but three of those eight commercials are betting commercials on top of that and the network that's giving you the actual game is promoting it as well yeah it sends the wrong message to I can handle maybe one commercial, like literally, like maybe just one, but they literally have like in sequence, like several. So it's clear, sending a clear message. Like it's almost like they, they, they're encouraging you to like throw money at this. Yes. Essentially. And that's kind of wrong in my opinion. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe their intentions are different behind that, obviously, but 
I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. Like, I, you know, gambling's kind of fun once in a while. Like if you're playing poker or something like that, or or you're amongst your friends and you you know you make a little pot for like, hey, who's gonna win the game tonight? You know, like yeah. that kind of stuff is in good taste. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about like high stakes stuff and and you know the money keeps adding up and and the odds, it's it gets a little too intense for me. Yeah, I mean, I dabble, I dabble in sports in sports betting. Sorry, yeah, I'm not <clears throat> saying it's wrong, by the way. No, I mean you set a limit stay within it that's what they say right so i just you give yourself a float and you only pull your winnings you leave the float in there (laughs) like you're like that's what they mean by set a limit stay within it and at that point yeah i mean that's that's fine i don't mind what sportsnet's doing with the betting odds because it's just the odds that they're showing you Mm -hmm. but it's when it's like bet on this website bet on that website like there's multiple options out there for you to throw your money at this you know that's just it i think people are well aware that it exists but does it need to be promoted like this huge thing yeah on such a high scale no yeah like literally the most watched sports network in the world that's like the other thing too like i love sportsnet and how everything's kind of this one big hub where there's multiple games to watch i i I forgot that there was actually a time brim where your favorite team wasn't on TV for 82 games a year. Of course, you had pay-per-view, but they also just did not even broadcast the game sometimes, like in the like early days. Absolutely. Like it's, it's crazy to think that there was a time like that, and now we live in a time where we can literally watch every single game of the year. And it's a lot more um, convenient, for it sure. Is. It's In a way, it's cheaper, too, and you're getting your bang for your buck with, with all the content you're getting. But maybe I'm kind of too much of a, tra- a traditionalist, you know, where I kind of enjoyed when teams had like their own unique broadcasting teams their own unique channels but now that it's under one big corporation go figure (laughs) it kind of kind of loses its authenticity to me it does it absolutely does even the early days of sportsnet were really cool yeah you know i think of their logo and i think of what they were doing there like the song yeah totally like those are nostalgic days now right where is that song now it's not even like used it's like in a vault somewhere locked away that nobody's allowed to touch or something i don't know yeah like if you want to trip down nostalgic alley like watch you know old sportsnet clips on youtube from you know mid to early 2010s and <laughs> or even 2005 and up you know something like that but i'll say this too and this is kind of funny where do you think or why do you think sportsnet uses those betting sites for their advertisements my answer is endorsements and i would bet my left hand i'm left-handed on the idea that these betting sites they have the money for an advertisement because it's your money (laughs) you know what i mean like people get advertisement slots by paying for it too so these sites these places they're they have the money for it like how do they afford wayne gretzky well they pay them you know and it's it's sad it's a sad world but if you can separate from that i'm just saying it's a little overkill like let's be honest it's a little bit of overkill we don't need that much betting content out there no and and coming from very influential figures yeah that are impressionable on people (laughs) yeah wayne gretzky's doing it exactly you know (laughs) well let's think that's the message right wayne does it so should i you know yeah, you know, he's and he's dressed all fancy and nice and he's walking in Vegas like yeah. luxury. Like it's glamour, right? It's And that's maybe that's the crowd that they're trying to tailor to yeah. as well. Yeah, maybe the true. intention is clear. The demographic might be totally different than what we're thinking, right? So it's just risky is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, Brem, seems like we breaked or broke through a lot of barriers today. Yep. Just get one last little popcorn kernel here. <laughs> get the crunch the signature crunch off <laughs> yeah um but yeah no I, I really appreciate you coming on today and uh you know you're, you're a recurring guest and you're always welcome on this show and from from any reception i get i know people like listening to you as well so um thanks again for joining us today bro no problem at all thanks for having me great content as always 
And all you viewers out there listening to Shatter the Glass, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and rate this podcast on any platform that you're on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, etc. And give us a follow on our social media links as well. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatnot. So I'm your host, Zane Tomich. Thanks again for joining us on Shatter the Glass. We'll see you again next time. Thank <laughs> you.